and my goodness, it just floored me. And that's my hot take. We'll dive into all of it, but, you know, this is a, you knew it was going to be, you got Frances McDormand. Mm -hmm. She can't make a movie that's not an Oscar level film. (laughs) She won't do it, I guess. Like, it's in a contract. Yeah, it has to be at least nominated. what's going on guys my name is kenneth jackson welcome back to the podcast i'm of course joined here by my good friend and esteemed co-host trey riley hello trey hello and welcome back to cinevibes i probably said that already but welcome just in case you need a refresher you can't say it enough (laughs) everyone's welcome everyone is welcome but today We will be dissecting a film that is hotly talked about this year, especially when it comes to awards. Hopefully everybody is enjoying the award season as much as me and Trey are. And this film, it's one of those films that I don't think is having people on the edge of their seats. This is a slower film Mm -hmm. and one that it's not a blockbuster, but yet it busts my heart because it's so beautiful. (laughs) Today, we will be talking about Nomadland. Yes. Now, before we hop into anything about Nomadland, Trey, I must ask you a very important question. What's that question, Ken? What have you been watching recently? I'm at a loss of words. Ah, I knew it. You caught me with my shorts down. I don't have an answer. The shorts, not the pants. (laughs) The shorts, it's summer now, everyone. (laughs) <laughs> yes, getting into my spring bud. <laughs> it's not even summer, it's spring. I've actually watched a cool, well, a few cool movies that no one's heard of, mm-hmm. but I highly recommend and I hope people can find them. I don't know where they can find them because I watched them in a film festival. Mm. But whenever they do become available, these are ones I think are worth noting. Okay. The first one. And I believe you might have seen this one, Ken. Okay. Icon. Icon. I watched it. I forget the festival name, forgive me, (laughs) but saw it in a festival and was thoroughly surprised by a lot of aspects of it. First off, it has our good buddy Bryce Heller in it. Bryce. As a supporting role, so shout out to him. My boy. So that's why, you know, I originally watched it. And I was like, oh, okay, coming of age sounds good. That's my cup of tea. Yeah. Boy, I did not know what I was getting into. What a solid little movie that is. Mm-hmm. It really hits above its batting average in terms of what I imagine is probably a small budget. Yeah. It has a lot of actors that no one knows, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's just really serious at times. Got some light airiness to it really blends that genre well and reminded me a lot of you know movies like The Spectacular Now mm-hmm. in the sense of a, a young person struggling with who they are, like what's their identity, what's their purpose. 
Yeah. And man, just solid. I went and looked up everything I could on it afterwards. I was just pretty into it. So Icon 2021 film, I assume will be out maybe on Prime at some point. Mm -hmm. Seems like that's a logical route to go for them. Yeah, it seems like it's on track for that. Yeah, so that one. And then another one also at the same festival from a buddy of mine that's a director colleague. I don't personally know him very well, but yeah, we've chatted some. Nicholas Wood is his name. Mm. He has a movie called Echoes of Violence. Okay. And it's a interesting plot about someone that is an immigration lawyer, but that's only a front for essentially sex trafficking women. Oh. And there's some amount of truth and or kind of based in truth with the person that plays the lead character, I think. Uh-huh. Who I also kind of know, an actor, friend. I'm not fully sure all the dynamics there, but somehow the story got inspired by an experience she had or knew about. Yeah, okay. And what a ride. I mean, yeah, it's, again, hitting above its batting average pretty high quality film some solid acting and a lot of high intensity moments Mm -hmm. and some great uses of visual effects and honestly it's one i'd like to talk about potentially on a future episode either with nicholas or just reviewing the movie so yeah we'll see if we can work that out but man yeah those are the two i've watched and i'll save my other ones for next time nice (laughs) what about you well you know, I I haven't been as busy in my movie watching. I know, I know. But I'm right there with you. I also watched Icon when it came out. I love it because it's a local to the southeast here. Mm-hmm. Filmed right down in Florida. I believe in the Panhandle. Yes. And I had a few people that were in there that are from the Atlanta scene that I really wanted to see their performances. And of course, we had our good friend Bryce in there. So I watched that and yeah, I was thoroughly enthralled in this film. Just really enjoyed it. Aesthetically, it it was right up my alley. It did have, in my opinion, although it hit different notes uh, because of its story and its content, it did kind of remind me of Hot Summer Nights, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sands, the drugs, and such. (laughs) Well, yeah. But I watched that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The film festival that you were talking about, I did some deep dive Googling on it, and it was Cinequest. That's it. Cinequest. It was in the Cinequest Film Fest, and... Great lineup, by the way. So shout out to Cinequest. They are making great selections for their festival. Yeah, and... That was one of the movies that I watched as well. Definitely anticipated that one. And this next film is not recent at all. This is a film that my family has quoted for so long. I, My mom, like, little personal bit, my mom bought me a pillow with the uh, title picture on it. And okay. it says Via Con Dios. Can you guess what it is? I feel horrible. Vaya no. con Dios. The name of it, it's Point Break. I just watched Point Break for the first time mm. ever. It's a, it's a cult classic, uh, big blockbuster. I have a lot of thoughts on this film. All I'm going to say 
is if you watch this for the first time, prepare to suspend your disbelief beyond all belief. <laughs> is that an 80s or a 90s movie? It's a 90s. And that's got your boy in it, right? It's got my boy Keanu. And is it's that also his first got, role? It's, I don't think it's his first role. I think he was on the come up at that point. I'm fairly certain that... The Matrix was after this one, but I know the Matrix in this right, film kind yeah. of happened in similar time frame mm-hmm. next to each other. But he was he was on the way up and I watched that film and my God, what a ride. Honestly, I found myself questioning my entire life uh, at parts of wow. it, but it was a nice, fun joy ride, which I think was the purpose of it. And, you know. It's Point Break. Now I have a pillow that has the title picture on it that says Vaya con Dios. So. <laughs> Shout out to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. Especially cool ones like Ken's mom getting him movie-related pillows. That's right. Shout out to all the moms. We'll be right back to the Nomadland movie review. But first, here's what's in the news. The box office is open. Their movie is being played at theaters across the country. And leading this week is Demon Slayer, followed by Mortal Kombat, and then Godzilla vs. Kong. Also in the news this week, Master of None returns for its five-episode third season, directed by co-creator Aziz Ansari. This is a show that everyone's been highly anticipating, and you can check that out on Netflix. And lastly, depending on if you're a fan of this movie, Citizen Kane has been knocked from its 100% fresh Rotten Tomatoes spot by an unearthed 80-year-old movie review. What movie is taking the top spot, you might ask? None other than the sweet and loving story of Paddington 2. And that's what's in the news, and back to the movie review. Today, we are talking about Nomadland. Trey, you... Gave this film a gander. What was your what was uh what was your opinion? What what you hot take? What was your hot take? Give me the hottest take you've got right now. My hot take is that I've never been so moved by poetry spoken as I had in this movie. I'm right there with you. Specifically there's one moment where Francis McDormand's character Fern is reciting a poem that she apparently said Mm -hmm. as her wedding vows. And my goodness, it just floored me. And that's my hot take. We'll dive into all of it, but, you know, this is a, you knew it was going to be, you got Frances McDormand. Mm -hmm. She can't make a movie that's not an Oscar-level film. (laughs) She won't do it, I guess. Like, it's in a contract. Yeah, it has to be at least nominated. You got Chloe Zhao directing, who is just on an exponential climb up, now jumping into externals with Marvel, I believe. And then previous to that, she's just made some solid little indie films that have really caught on and grabbed a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. One of my personal favorites, The Writer from 2017, really dug that movie about yeah. a bull rider that has his career kind of tank after an injury. But mm. 
yeah, I think in the same vein, she finds these stories in like Nomadland, a story about a topic in our American history that people aren't making movies about. No one's yeah. making movies about modern day nomads. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I didn't know there was such a big community, but yeah, a hundred percent. I going into this film, I was not uh, privy to the knowledge of nomads and living in a van. I mean, I'm sure you've seen all the poster child like Instagram posters that are just in their van on the Pacific coast on a cliff at like the sunset. Glamping. You know, yeah, that those types of people, but we're talking like living it. And I think that's a big aspect of this film as well is truly living in the nomad experience. We're not talking about the glitz and glamour of living a lifestyle where you don't you aren't tied to a certain place, but you are truly living on your own, right? It shows those details that many people probably would be like, eh, why why is this being shown? And I love that. I think that's fantastic that they did that. It also plays into what you mentioned about it being a slow burn. There's not a lot that happens. Mm -hmm. Some people probably won't like the film because of that. It is a story that's literally just a slice from someone's life. It doesn't have this huge climax. It doesn't have any set action points. It just shows life as it is mm-hmm. and it's whatever <laughs> and it's yeah. subparness i guess is a good way to phrase that yeah i think that's something that really stuck out to me with this film is the fact that it doesn't shy away from showing you she's out there on the side of the road taking a dump you know yeah she's she's got a handle like you know a, a, in the film the woman that is trying to teach her how to live on the road says, well, you got to learn how to take care of your shit. Literally. (laughs) A fun little moment early on in the film. Yeah. And it, it doesn't shy away from those details of, you know, if you start thinking about what would it be like to live on the road constantly, right? What would, how would it be to live in a van? You know, you probably would hit the road and then immediately be like, Oh, God, I didn't think about how I'm going to use the restroom in the middle of a desert. Right. Right. Or where am I going to stay if I don't have a campground and I don't have money to stay somewhere? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't shy away from those awkward encounters when she is staying at a gas station and someone just goes and knocks on her door. And she's like, oh, God, no. And then they're like, oh, you got to leave. We can't have you here. Right. Right. I guess this is as good a time as any, but. There could be some spoilers. We got to pre-warn you. Our producers told us that we can't just be throwing spoilers at people. And by producers, I mean ourselves. (laughs) That's right. I don't feel like you can spoil this movie. It's not that type. It's not a Marvel movie. It doesn't have a big reveal and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man again. It's Mm -hmm. just a day-in-the-life type of film, so... There might be some, there might not be. We highly recommend you watch it, regardless. Yeah, 100%. Come back and check this out, or just listen and then check it out anyways, because it's a visual masterpiece. Mm -hmm. A stunning 
slice of Americana, if you will. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I, while I was watching this film, you know, you keep talking about poetry and these, the imagery that it evokes when you do watch the film is like watching poetry. There are many times where five minutes pass and you're just watching a van drive down the road, listening to Ludovico Ainato. I believe that's the composer. Yeah, a very simple score. Not a lot going on, but very impactful. Yeah, Ludovico Ainaudi is his name. And the, the I, I tell you I cry at piano like this. This mm-hmm. is why I love the piano, is when it's played like this so passionately, it, I, it was perfectly coupled with those long drive shots of the van passing by the Nevada landscape or by the Pacific coast, mm-hmm. right? It, it just, it was like watching poetry when you listen to that coupled with the imagery and then also the story laid on top of it. I was just like, can they get away with this? Making me cry <laughs> like this? Like, I, this, this has legal? to be illegal. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I thought a lot of anytime a movie is shooting the Midwest or the West in general, West Coast, I feel like it's almost impossible to capture bad shots. Yeah. But I also I feel like it's incredibly hard to capture the types of shots in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because there's no artificial lighting. I've read a little bit, or I think I watched a Hollywood Reporter forum with the DP from this movie. Uh-huh. They hardly ever use lighting except for yeah. the sun. So right. this isn't Hollywood. This is Mother Nature, like showing off, and you're just out there with an Alexa Mini capturing it all. And. Mm-hmm. Some of the sunset shots are just mm. stunning landscape silhouettes and the cotton candy skies and just all nature. Like, it really makes you feel connected to Earth. You know what? You bring up a fantastic point because I was taking notes while I was watching the film. And that's one thing that I found so much. Uh, and prior to watching the film I read about half of the script and I could tell there were differences in the script versus what was actually shot and I 100% agree with the editor's choice speaking of Chloe Zhao edited this can we can we take a second to uh to give some props for that she's the lead editor in this film I did not know that that's really cool yeah I you know, I would assume like, or in my opinion, I would think the director gives you, oh, they're, it's their cut, you know, it's their rough cut. And then they just have a head editor come in and finish it up. You know, she had people working under her probably to polish it, but I, I believe she a hundred percent edited most of it. She just walked in and said, move aside. Yes. I know exactly Cracks which her knuckles. images to put together images and music it 
And that's the thing. That's what's not captured when you watch or, I mean, read the script. When I read the script, it read very slow. You know, I got the sense of what the script was going after. But when you couple, and this is why film is so impactful and why it brings us to tears and moves us, is because, you know, film is a medium of the mixture between visual, sound, and also, like, a bunch of different elements right that come together to culminate in telling a story mm-hmm. and this film is a perfect perfect example of how that's done like if you want to show someone like why why is sound important in a film show them this film you know why is the soundtrack important show them this film why is cinematography important show them this film because when you layer them on top of each other it creates a whole nother experience rather than the parts being separate right you could listen to the song separate to this film but it might not evoke as heavy as an emotion as if you were to watch this film coupled with the imagery of the nevada like western landscape right Mm -hmm. yeah i think in that same vein a script lacks even more elements than a novel, for instance, mm-hmm. because a novel is very descriptive. So you can jump in your own mind and, you know, paint Hogwarts or whatever you want to do. Yeah. But when you read a script like this, there's probably a lot of gaps where that's the director that fills those in with mm-hmm. the images in their head. So it really yeah. takes someone very creative and that really knows what they want to do with it to come on board, and I'm sure Chloe Zhao was, you know, all in the script writing. I think it was mm-hmm. adapted from a book, yeah. and then she, you know, she adapted it from a book. So she must have found something in that book that she really wanted to get after, and to just take a story like this that could seem substandard, uninteresting or whatever other adjectives you want to use there Mm -hmm. and really elevate it through all the different tools that you have when you make a film. Yeah. Like she's a queen at that. And I have mad props and mad praise for her and her abilities. Yeah. And so you have Chloe Zhao and this is why it's big props for her because she directed it. She adapted it. Like you said, she edited it and she was also, I a producer on it. So she this was a baby of hers. Mm-hmm. This was something she saw to fruition and a hundred percent all for it. And any of her projects that she works on in the future, I know I'm gonna be tracking her and what she does in the future because of that dedication, that drive to get something done. Mm-hmm. And you know, you mentioned earlier a shot, you know, the shots of the sunset and there was one shot in particular that just absolutely blew me away when I saw it. And I was like, is this really happening? <laughs> it was the shot where she's walking through the nomad park, right? Where there's a bunch of the other nomads, you know, some are driving ATVs, some are just sitting by a campfire and she's just walking. And as she's walking, the camera is following her mm-hmm. and she's just walking around looking around, sun setting just behind one of those red rock monuments or one of those mountains. And you just see people drive by on ATVs 
and then you see campers or cars going by, but it's like all, you know, deserty, dusty, and it's just that vibe that you just get. It's almost as if you can feel the cool, crisp air of the desert right there and just hear all of the sounds of the desert just the life of being there and when i saw that and this is a continuous shot too this is not Mm -hmm. a cut in front of her cut behind her cut to the atvs this is a whole shot of francis or fern walking and showing all of this life happening and i it just blew me away and that's you know thinking back on it now it makes it so much poignant whenever you realize later on in the film which I'll, I'll give you my opinion on what I think this film is about but it just makes other parts of this film so much more poignant when you have shots like that coupled with ones to follow where she doesn't have that she doesn't have those friends there anymore that life that sort of everything is just beautiful and then you couple that with some of the darker moments where she's alone where you know she's spending holidays alone when she Mm -hmm. used to have friends right and i think that just makes it so much more poignant yeah i agree with you i noticed that as well there's a lot of long tracking shots when she's in either group settings or out in nature Mm -hmm. or really enjoying the landscape that she's a part of, whether it be Mm -hmm. the desert or, you know, at one point later on, she's in a forest, which I want to talk about that shot, Mm -hmm. which just was top-notch content for days. But then when you look at that against the parts you're talking about where she's alone, they're very tight very closed off, very focused in on either her face or like full shots and not really showing as much of the world because, I mean, a lot of those shots are in her van. So there isn't much to capture except what's in that little four foot by six foot space that she has. Mm -hmm. And I think the contrast there is really well done and, Something until you mentioned it, I hadn't really thought about, but I, you know, I started piecing it together just in this conversation. And I think it's a really great use of camera mm-hmm. work, but more so like shot selection and yeah. lens selection. And it's this isn't a fancy movie, it's not made with any sort of you know super elaborate shots there's nothing that you're going to write home about in that regard but it doesn't need it i mean it just doesn't it has these wide open here is life enjoy it like take in all that's around you type of feelings and then it's got you feel kind of claustrophobic and a little bit alone and Mm -hmm. i've never been a nomad don't particularly want to <laughs> maybe try it at some point for a short stint would, would be cool. But I have to imagine that a lot of these people, they are seeking that out. They want the solitude, but they also want the vastness of the world that is around them, which 
they often enjoy through nature, from what I can gather, and through living off the land, living a minimalist life. And so I think all those types of elements of this lifestyle, at least as much as maybe someone can pull together that doesn't actively live that lifestyle. Yeah. I think that's all captured here just in how it's shot. Like not yeah. even any other element. Yeah. I think that the way they shot those van shots, and that's where a lot of those moments were the more bleak, real life. This is not her going out and doing this once or twice a day, a year. This is her living in it and showing just that sort of mindset. And when those shots that you're referring to, I noticed a lot of those shots seem to be more dark. They <laughs> seem to be a lot more low in tone mm -hmm. rather than the more bright moments when she is with others right so one of the i one of the shots uh, i believe is you know when she's working at the camp park and she's helping her friend the park out in arizona right yeah the park out in arizona she's helping her friend linda i believe mm -hmm. and sweet linda may Linda May, she's working with her and they're cleaning bathrooms and they're cleaning, you know, everything and they're having a good time. And then Linda leaves to go elsewhere and, you know, Fern is left all alone and she's doing the same things that she was doing with Linda, but, you know, now it just doesn't have that same tone to it. And... I, I want to bring up what I believe this, what I gather from this film and from this script and what it just spoke to me about is the fact that nothing lasts. Everything changes. Nothing is, nothing stays the same and it's always shifting and changing and trying to not necessarily saying Fern tries to hold on to everything, but you, you have these high moments of, this group right when she's with other people she enjoys herself she's happier she has friends but then when she's on her own it seems like the mood starts to drop and she's not as happy and she just goes more reclusive and when other people approach she's just like no i don't i don't want like people she doesn't know she's just not necessarily outright rejecting them but just is not as open to her friends as she would be and so I think that there's an element of like seasons the nomads they change per season depending on where stuff is open during what time and it's always changing and those those moments where it's just you can hurt a lot when you're not with people that you enjoy spending time with and I I think that this film is really powerful because it shows you know, it spoke to me because I've had those moments too where things have changed and I felt down because I didn't have other people. And I, I think back to good times and I think a lot of this film, and it's mentioned later on in the end of the film, is that these memories, the when you hold on to them, they stay alive. They still live. Yeah, a lot of the stories that get told throughout, which by the way are often kind of just a conversation. One or two people really tight in on them, just 
all we're doing is focusing on the words they're saying. They're mm-hmm. they're ordinary people. They're not glamorous. There's nothing glamorous about this movie. Yeah. But when they're speaking, they're always reminiscing. Or they're saying how they wasted so much of their life mm-hmm. pursuing things that didn't last. Yeah. That never happened. That never came to fruition. Mm-hmm. And almost all the stories that we hear are people saying, this is why I'm doing this. I missed out. I want something else. And therefore, they cut ties, kind of disconnect from the normal society that we know, Mm -hmm. and go on this kind of self-exploration of who they are, who they wanted to be and maybe lost track of at some point. Yeah. And they're able to do that by connecting with nature and exploring the country in the way that they do with their traveling and with their temporary work with this community of other nomads that all somehow try to work together and help each other out. That's a huge aspect of the community that it mentions that they all just help. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Like they're all just brothers and sisters and friends and they're there for one another. And a lot of times it's because society wasn't there for them. They lost their job. They, man, what I think in the movie, there was one part that really hit me where someone mentioned that they tried to get their social security money. Hmm. And they had worked their whole life. This is an older woman. She had $500 in there. Like, that's what they're going to give her to retire on. 500 bucks. You can't even pay rent for a month with that. Yeah. Or pay your mortgage or, you know, all sorts of things. So there was just a lot of, again, back to thinking about the poetry and then the just the words, the stories. I've never, I'm a big fan of words. Yeah. And the, the stories told, the words spoken in this movie are highly impactful and very deep in the way that they hit you. I don't know if you could watch this and not be impacted by at least some form of one of the stories or more like you and I have been because mm-hmm. it's just I mean it's the stuff you think about maybe you don't ever talk to anyone about or you do yeah. and if you do those are the conversations that you remember and that are worth looking back on and those friendships and the people you interact with so mm-hmm. at this point I'm just kind of on a tangent but you know the movie itself capture so much that I think is who we are as Americans. We try and live this dream. We try and pursue these things. And maybe we just kind of miss the point sometimes. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. This film, the stories that were told in it are extremely, and that's kind of the mindset that I live by. I'm not going and living in a van 
to go find my life and you know i might want to do it like you said one day for a little bit but you know i find myself it's like going out and getting your own dream like achieving your own going out and taking your life by your hands and living by your rules rather than saying the government tells me what to do and I can only play by their rules. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the stories told in this are extremely reminiscent of the American dream of, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to do it. And that that resonates with me because I want to go out and be an actor. I want to be a filmmaker. I want to be all of these things in the film industry. And, you know, the film industry is a very tough industry to get into and it's one where you have to be passionate about it in order to be in it because if you like i'm going off on about the film industry but it's it's a tough industry and you have to love it and so therefore if you were going to go live in a van you have to be doing it because you want to and you want to find yourself and i think that's one aspect about fern that I found extremely heartbreaking, in my opinion, was the fact that she lives in, she lives in the van. Her purpose for doing it, I, I was trying to figure it out the entire time. Mm-hmm. I never truly knew why she wanted to. You know, what brought her out there to do it? And later on in the film, I assumed it was because her husband had died and that she just, was like, okay, well, I'm just going to wander now. But it seemed like she had wanted to go wander for a while before then, uh, even before settling down with her husband because she was more reticent to sit down in one location for too long. But the husband was like, no, he wants to sit down in Empire and start working. And she said, okay, so they had a company house. And then she leaves. And it was revealed by the sister later that she was never the type to do that. She was never the type to just sit down in one place or another because she just couldn't stand that. And I was trying my hardest for the whole movie trying to figure out why. And, you know, sometimes I, I can't even tell you why I think she was doing it. I think it was just purely out of her nature. And uh, that's what kind of resonated with me is sometimes you just have a calling to go do it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, even when you have a lot of people saying, hey, come live with us, come stay with us. You you can stay here and work and, you know, we'd love to have you here. And regardless of all that, Fern said, no, I can't. I, I just have to go. I can't sit for too long. And that's what broke my heart was the fact that she's living this lifestyle that it seems like it breaks her heart, but yet she still does it because she has this deep-seated desire to do such. And I can't tell you why she would want to. And that that's a question that will haunt me forever after watching this film is why. Why does she do it? Yeah, it is very difficult to try and understand her reasons. Maybe if you followed each one of these characters that we meet, you would have the same experience. And I think you're on the money with sometimes we just don't understand people. We don't understand 
what they're truly feeling inside. And sometimes you just got to go do your thing before you know either what's next or you know who you were trying to be, who you want to be. And you can't really quantify that or, you know, throw an equation at it or any sort of thing that might make logical sense to other people. It's just the journey that you have to go on. And there's something kind of beautiful about that as well. The story, obviously, this movie is story, like storytelling, heavy, just amazing. Mm -hmm. But I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that outside of Frances McDormand and David Strathern, the semi-love interest slash good buddy, whatever. So you have him and Frances McDormand. They're the only actors in the movie. Everyone else, they are actual nomads. And this is something... They're the actual people. Yeah, their credit, like Linda May, that's Linda May. We're seeing sweet little Linda May on camera, and that's her. Mm-hmm. And I actually did a little digging, and a lot of the nomads didn't know who Frances McDormand was and thought she was a nomad. Yeah. And at different points, it would get revealed. So, you know, she's having that conversation with Bob Wells, and Bob's telling about his son that passed. And then afterwards, Bob is talking to her and talking to Frances McDormand. She's like, hey, you know, I'm really sorry about your husband passing. And then she had to be like, no, my husband's Joel Cohen and he's still alive. Because literally these people thought that she was one of them. And that's probably because Frances went out and lived this lifestyle for like four or five months before filming because she wanted to really understand what it was like. And so even a lot of the time they were filming, I think she was living in her van. And yeah. so all of that culminates to an authenticity that you're not going to get from any other type of movie. You just yeah. won't. Like, this is something that Chloe Zhao does. The same thing with Lean on Pete. Mm-hmm. Those were all the real people. I don't think there was a single actor in that movie. She just knows how to like tell people's stories. And when you can mm-hmm. do that, like, can you even be stopped? I don't know. You don't even have to try if you can pull together such a compelling story from people that have no desire to act. They're just being yeah. themselves. Yeah. And... I just think that's amazing. That's just like a whole other layer of this movie that makes it even more great. Yeah, that's something that every actor strives for. And they acting is being. Acting is living in the moment and truly feeling what it's like to be living. Not, Not acting, but living. And when you have the actors as their actual selves... You know, it it makes it so much more believable because this is them telling their story. While I did read the script and a lot of, you know, whenever you had Linda May and Swanky, a lot of their lines were written out. I don't know how much uh, more was necessarily 
added or if they just wrote the script after the fact, after listening to them, you know, I, because mm-hmm. I know some films do that. And mad props to Francis McDormand for truly living the nomad lifestyle. I think a lot of people give actors a hard time when they learn, oh, she actually lived in a van for like four or five months. And even when she was filming, she was still using her van to shoot these scenes and to drive and actually taking care of her, of her van in order to play the role. But I think that's the part of truly living the lifestyle is as an actor, you have to be able to step into that without, you know, oh, I'm acting now. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, and and I respect Francis for doing that. There's no issue with anybody who just says, okay, well, I'll stay in a four star, five star hotel and then just come to set every day. But she found it pertinent for herself to do that and i think it does really reflect like you said everybody i i've read that you know some of the local targets had offered her an application for a job because they thought she was an actual nomad yeah and i i think that just goes to show you the depth of acting that francis was capable of to truly be living that lifestyle of a nomad and it's not just acting to her it is truly being and that's what gave her performance all that much more of a gravity in the end you know maybe there's other actors that didn't need to do that and could get to the same point that's not what we're saying we're just saying that to get to the true purpose of the character Mm mm-hmm we love Frances McDormand for her abilities in getting to that point. It doesn't matter how. It's the fact that she did and that she's yeah. striving to be the most authentic version of the character possible, even mm-hmm. if that's you know potentially different from herself. Yeah. So we've been throwing tons of praise at this movie. I honestly don't know if I can find anything to say negatively, perhaps Mm -hmm. just a opinion on if you like this type of film or not would be the only potential negative. Maybe this isn't the type of movie for everyone. It's not a negative per se, but Mm -hmm. some people probably will watch it and find it kind of boring. And that's unfortunate to me, but Mm -hmm. I could see that being a possibility. But from what I can tell, I mean, the audience score, 82%, that's pretty high. Certified fresh, 94%. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't get much better than that. So I, I don't know what people are finding to pick apart here. Have you seen anything? I have not. I... I have not seen anything from my research. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's well mm-hmm. made. It's well done. Yeah. It has a stupid amount of nominations. Yeah. yeah 216 right. wins and 139 nominations for <laughs> this single movie. Six of which, by the way, 
our Oscar nominations, some of which we got into in a previous episode about the Oscars. Check that one out if you haven't yet. I'm going to talk about my last shot because I just have to, and I want you to hit us with your takeaway, the last impression that this movie leaves on you as well. Yeah. So later on in the movie, she is wandering through a forest. Mm-hmm. It seems like somewhere up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, so she's up in the Pacific Northwest meeting Dave, and she just stops in this forest. You know, it's the massive trees you see that are just like, it makes you feel like you're in prehistoric times or something because it's just, we don't have those in the Southeast at least. No. But there's a shot where the camera just goes towards this tree she's standing near the base of it and then it turns up and just goes yeah. up the length of the tree and then you see the canopy mm-hmm. and me and my wife both were like that is a shot like that is a she wouldn't consider herself anything in the film realm but she's like that's a shot and i was like <laughs> yes you're right that is a shot and that's kind of my whole takeaway is that shot it's life, it's grand, it's intricate, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. it's natural. Yeah. And I think those are all traits to this movie, to this film, that resonate with people and would be a reason why you should check it out. Yeah, 100%. I agree. That When I saw that shot, mainly the nature shots when she's walking through i that was where i made the notes of is this a dream is this is like this a poem am i literally watching a poem right now because Mm -hmm. of that music coupled with the imagery and these camera movements and shots it just blew me away and i love that sentiment of life is huge sometimes overwhelming And I believe that leads into my takeaway from this film is that, you know, life, you'll never know where it's going to take you. And the nomad lifestyle, it seems to reflect that in such a way that you never truly know how an experience will go. When Fern shows up to the Amazon plant to work, it could go bad. She could not like it. She could find people she didn't like, but she did. When she was working with her friends, she enjoyed it. But when they were gone, it was not enjoyable. Or maybe she's working at another place. She's trying to find work and she can't find work. There was a point where she was at a temp agency, I believe, trying to find work. And Mm -hmm. they asked her, would you consider retirement early retirement and she said no I want to work and so I think you just never know where life is going to take you and one of the last points I wanted to make about Fern that I just I, I found so kind of heartbreaking but at the same time I felt her because I I felt similar ways is I throughout the film while I was wondering what she was doing to me it kind of felt like she was kind of running away from herself kind of covering up her tracks in a sense and Mm -hmm. trying to 
say this is how I live. This is my life. I I can't stay anywhere for too long. I have to move. I have to do all this. And she's not stopping to think about herself and you know her what she enjoys. She just and, and I think it couples with what I had mentioned earlier about sometimes you just cannot explain why people do what they do. But I think this film is absolutely beautiful. It is like watching poetry and you you've said it very well with your sentiment about the grandiosity of life and just it can be overwhelming at times. Yeah. Beautiful. Gorgeous. <sighs> Stunning. So, so so clean. And by the way, you can watch this right now on Hulu which is actually kind of funny because she works at an Amazon plant in That's the right. movie. <laughs> and I had a little chuckle watching that. It's like, sucks for you, Amazon. I don't know how that sort of shook out, but... I know. I was like, wait, 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 hold on. It's on Hulu, not Amazon? Right. It was very bizarre. It's like they're promoting you <laughs> in a very aside way they're promoting you and you won't have it well they will have it on amazon prime it's just you have to pay <laughs> 20 right. bucks yeah go figure anyways yeah. it's that time of the episode <laughs> we've been building to this moment and i'm sure you guys have no idea what our scores are going to be because we didn't just say Absolutely. 40 minutes of amazingness about this movie no. You're not going to, you won't believe what our scores are. But we must give them. It's a requirement. It's in the contract. It is in our contract. Which we wrote for ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'll start this one out and then we'll jump over to what you have. My score is simple. It's based on Oftentimes, most of the time, how a movie makes me feel. Yeah. Did I have an emotion? Did I have two emotions? Did I have emotion every single frame of the movie, like this one? Did I emote? Yes. And the answer to all that is yes for this movie. (laughs) Nomadland really hit me. Do I need to watch it again? No, I don't think so. Does anyone need to watch it twice? Probably not, to be honest. And that's not a knock. That's just not the nature of this movie. It says what it says. Yeah. And so that, given the shots, given the poetry, the beautiful words presented, gotta give this one a nine. Wow. I... I, I, I'm blown away. I... I, He's shook. He's in the floor. I'm I'm shaking right now. <laughs> wow. I'm tearing up. I'm sorry. Hold on. Someone get this man a tissue. <laughs> uh, he's ugly crying. Someone come and get him. Oh, uh, stop it. <laughs> um yes, a hundred percent. Uh this film, my it I I cried watching this film. Yeah. I cried multiple times. And honestly, I haven't even told you my favorite shot from this film. And the the shot that broke me and made me question everything 
was the shot where she is in the house after visiting Dave. And she's sitting there with the baby in her arms. And the baby is holding on to her thumb. Mm. And I swear, I just couldn't hold back the tears. I was like, that shot is exactly what I needed to see. And the reason behind that is because of that idea I told you about that sentiment of I think she's just running away from herself and not allowing herself to enjoy life and she was so afraid of the baby she asked Dave to stay uh, or don't be gone yeah, too come long back quick. come back quick for the baby and then when she just finally let the baby sit with her the baby fell asleep holding her hand and she's just sitting there looking out the window and it's just nice and peaceful and the reason it it hit me so hard was because I couldn't help but think about, you know, her life with her husband and what could have been yeah. the baby that she could have been sitting with with the husband and what she probably was so afraid of with sitting in a place for too long. Yeah. And it it just hit me so hard right there. And that shot, it, it when you just look at it as a still you don't see the gravity behind it of the woman who I just, in my opinion, is running from herself and not wanting to be there, just accepting where she's at. And, you know, that shot absolutely made the film for me, along with all the other shots of her just enjoying life in the forest, by the ocean. And it, it, it it's a beautiful film i i think we gave the film not even enough credit as to what it's done because i agree that this is a film you don't have to watch again it says everything it needs to say in the first watch and if you don't get it from the first watch i don't even know if you want to be watching the film in the first place you're not right. opening your heart to this film <clears throat> a second like it should be help. done and i i think that this film it for me, its rating is a nine as well. There it because, is. Because it, it just it hits every note for me. And I I think that I'm giving it a nine just purely out of man, that ten is some tough <laughs> stuff. That ten is ten Tens, is the top dog. And I think this film be in your wheelhouse to get a ten. Yeah, this is the highest nine you can get. This this nine is up there. Like it is floating at the edge of being a ten, because it is so beautiful. It'll make you cry if you open your heart up to the film and allow it to move you. And I think that's where a lot of people who watch this film are people that may maybe not maybe maybe they're people that are looking for this type of film, but people who aren't coming to this film at they're they're coming here as film those that enjoy high octane action may this is not the film for them this film is one where you allow it to move you yeah if you thought you were watching fast and furious you picked Man. the wrong one <laughs> you watched uh the exact opposite of the fast <laughs> and furious this is an actual family that you can yes. get behind <laughs> this is an actual family <laughs> an actual herd yes <laughs> but yeah man go out there watch this film support this fantastic film go support chloe Zhao. my god she's 
she's worked so hard for this film and rightfully so this i swear i feel like we've been in the same position with parasite before but these mm-hmm. these two directors that just absolutely understand what they're going for yeah really blazing a trail for future filmmakers mm-hmm. of all different types and varieties out there so yeah kudos that's all i can say kudos and with that being said we want to thank you all so much for watching many thanks watching watching uh emphasis on the watching uh (laughs) watching our audio waveform bounce up and down bounce up and down uh thank you for listening uh as always we enjoy when you sit here and listen all the way to the end you're you're fantastic people beautiful love you and we would love to hear what you think about this film as well so hit us up at our email cinevibescast at gmail.com tell us what your favorite shot from this film is if you haven't seen this film yet go out there and do it and tell us what you think we'd love to hear what you have to say and then also follow us on insta for any of the updates we have at the cinevibes yeah at at the cinevibes just just gotta say that yeah. multiple times let it roll off the tongue let it roll off the tongue it's it, it's growing on me man at the um, cinevibes. <laughs> but again thank you all so much for listening and of course it is with a subscription the follow we're on all the platforms wherever you're listening we appreciate you immensely We hope that you're sharing this with your friends, that it's impacting your life, that you're just getting something out of it. That's why we're doing this, because we want to give back to our community, and we want to expand our community. And the best way we can do that is for you to follow and to share. So if you haven't done that yet, we would greatly appreciate it. We know you have, though, because you're awesome. Oh, yeah. And so there's no question there. We just have to keep saying it again. It's in our contract. (laughs) So we appreciate it. And as always, this is the Cinevibes. We are out. Mm